This is Corinne Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. That's still my favorite tagline. I love it. The place where inspiration and possibility meet. My invitation for you all for these last 15 years has been the hope and the insight that this can be the windows of possibility, windows of possibility for what is in your life, for what you get to create that may not be here, what can be in your life, as well as being real with you all about what's it really like out there. Doing what I do, I get the backstage privilege or the behind the green curtain of the shit shows of people's lives. And just yesterday, actually, somebody asked me, Corinne, (laughs) are we just all screwed up? Is that what we have to come down to? And my answer was, I have yet to meet a person or learn a person's story that wouldn't break your heart. We all have stories of heartbreak. And I know my younger self would think, oh, it's just me. I'm the only one. And what I can now know from this place of my 49-year-old self, soon to be 50 next year, is we all have our struggles, we all have our difficulties, and we all have beautiful things inside of us as well. We're all of it. We're complex and multi-layered. It's not just one-stop destination of happiness or joy. It's many layers, or what I've come to call the rainbow of feelings. (laughs) That is what I've experienced in 2021, the rainbow of feelings. And before we go into today's show, though, I want to talk, I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners who left an iTunes review. So thank you. But learning to be real wrote emotional health. Love this episode so much. I love all the episodes and this one really resonated I grew up taking care of my mother's emotions, and that led me to taking care of others' emotions too. I also expected others to regulate me. Of course, I wasn't conscious of this at the time. I love that you're bringing awareness to this. I believe it is the key to healthy relationships. Thanks so much. Learning to be real, thank you so much for the shout out on the iTunes reviews and for sharing your story with us. You matter. Thank you. And for all of those of you that have left reviews, thank you. We will be working through getting through them and shouting them out here on the show. Today, I want to talk with you about obstacles. (laughs) I laugh because there are a lot of obstacles in our lives. And I tend to seem to work on overcoming obstacles quite often with my clients. I've talked about them here on the show. And I realize we dislike or maybe even hate obstacles, right? They aren't part of the plan. They take up resources, resources being time, money, people, right? They're messy. (laughs) They're uncomfortable, 
They're a hassle. I get it. (laughs) Here's the, I'm not going to call it great news, but here's the news. Obstacles are a part of life. And so when I see an obstacle or when I go through an obstacle, eventually (laughs) I'll get to working on overcoming them. But I understand because my clients come to me and we have all had this cultural programming with the promise, right? And one of the promises that we have all been fed into is once you're good enough or once you're blank enough, you're going to live in the promised land, right? Whatever the enough is, whatever the rule is, you'll live in the promised land. And once you are there, there will be no obstacles, (laughs) Now let's think about this. There's going to be a lot of obstacles in the month of December of 2021. Some that we have forecasted coming, some that we never even saw coming, and others that are very minor and some that are very major. There will be obstacles. And that is our reality, that obstacles are part of the process. It's not if there will be obstacles, but when there'll be obstacles. And the key question is, and what do you do when faced with an obstacle? Who do you choose to become? (laughs) One of my favorite quotes that has been a definite guiding light in the last 12 or so years has been from Byron Katie. And she says, when you argue with reality, you lose a hundred percent of the time. So I get it. I've had lots of obstacles (laughs) and I'm going to talk with you today. I'm going to go through the steps of the best way, not the best, like in perfect, but the way to get over the obstacle so that you can move through it. And I don't, I don't even want to say the fastest because I have this process pretty ingrained in me. I do it daily with my clients. I do it hourly with my clients. I do it a lot myself. And so it is really ingrained in me. It's like for many of you getting in your car and pulling out of the driveway and turning onto your street, there's many steps that you go through, but it's in your bones. So the steps to overcoming obstacles is in my bones. And sometimes it can be faster and sometimes it can be slower, but that definition of fast is all relative to our experience and our practice. I always go back to thinking about when I was first learning to drive a car, how much energy and brain juice I used to pull out of the driveway, to turn on the car, to pull out of the driveway, to turn down the street. And now I don't use that energy. So that's my invitation to you. Meet yourself where you are when we're talking about fast For some of you, fast may be four hours instead of three months, or it may be an hour instead of two days, or it may be six months. And some obstacles take longer. For some of the obstacles that I faced this year, it was a good period of time before I had felt like I could see things more clearly. And when I'm saying a good deal of time, let me figure out how many months that was five to six months. And I have tools, you all. I have tools. (laughs) I have people. I have support team. I have a support squad. And it took me six months. So let's talk about when you're faced with an obstacle. The first invitation for you is to stop arguing with it. 
this shouldn't be happening. I can't believe this person's doing this. This person's, you know, manipulative. I've heard that quite a bit in the last week, especially when it comes to people's expectations about holiday plans. Stop arguing with the obstacle. It's an obstacle or the person's an obstacle. (laughs) And when we can stop arguing with it, that's when we can get into that compassionate observer mindset to be able to figure out how to overcome it. But when we argue with it, we're spending all of our brain juice, our emotional energy, we're emotionally attaching to the obstacle and it's weighing us down. And that's an area when we can then lead to self-sabotage. We can either hide away and food or alcohol or something that's self-destructive or just not deal with the issue, but then it grows and grows and grows until it becomes this big old monster. We know what I'm talking about. So stop arguing with it so that we don't get into destructive or self-sabotaging behaviors. Number two is don't beat yourself up. We are so fantastic about beating ourselves up and we need to stop because it doesn't work. Short term, it might work and it may help you like kick yourself out of it. But if you're constantly going to the whipping stick, you're going to get exhausted. You're going to ignore it. You're going to be like, so what? And you're going to rebel. And your 14 year old self is going to be like, what are you going to do about it with your hand on your hip and your eyes rolled back? Right? So stop beating yourself up. Compassion is the biggest motivator for change. And that is from Dr. Kristen Neff herself. Number three. My invitation to you is to lean into it and feel. Lean into the feelings that arise as you face this obstacle. That doesn't mean you get to offload or you get to go into rage, but feel whatever it is it's your feeling. If it's frustration, if it's anger, you can feel it inside. What we tend not to want to do is get into that period of rage, unless you want to go into that gladiator moment and it feels powerful. But typically we try to shut it off because we're afraid if we feel we're going to react or respond to that feeling. My invitation is to practice feeling it and feeling that uncomfortable without actually offloading the pain. Feel all the feels. It's okay. And it may be ugly and messy. And when I say ugly, it's like, you know, Oprah talks about the ugly cry. We're so afraid to see have the ugly cry. Maybe there's lots of tears. Maybe there's snot coming out of your nose. It's okay. Feel the feelings because messy is part of the truth. Now I do have to put a little container on it because if you're a teacher and there's an obstacle, that's not when you start to cry and unpack those feelings, right? The kids in the room would be like, ah, oh, what's going on? It may actually terrify them. So we want to feel our feelings and give ourselves that space when we have the container to really process it. Okay. Doesn't mean push it down, but understand where you have that space to process. And that's part of emotional regulation is being able to feel the feelings, being not comfortable with the feelings and really letting out those feelings in a way where you are responsible for the energy you bring into the space. And that would be the example of the teacher that I was talking about. So lean into the feelings. Oftentimes we're so afraid to feel the feelings because we think they're going to last forever. But think about it. When you really have a good cry, when you get really mad, 
and not destructive mad where you're breaking stuff or you're physically hurting people. But when you allow that anger to come up and you check in with yourself and say, what am I feeling? Where do I feel it in my body? Is it fast? Is it slow? Is it hard? Is it soft? And you really connect to that feeling inside of you. That is how you feel it. And then you release it and move through it. To be able to feel it inside of ourselves, we tend to brush it off or shut it down, but allow that experience to feel it without offloading it. And offloading it is when you take it out on somebody else. And you go through that messiness. Maybe part of the messiness is you may not know the actual word, the identifier of what the feeling is. And your brain may go, but I need to know the exact word. I need to do the perfect word. We get obsessed about the right answer because of our cultural programming. And that's okay. Label it. What do you think you think might be it? Giving yourself permission to circle back. That is how we learn. My clients have a thing we call the feelings menu. They're often looking at that. And we do this work and we sometimes forget or we don't have the emotional vocabulary yet, but we're learning and we're growing. It's okay. Just like you would talk with a child who's learning and growing. We say, it's okay. You're going to learn. Believe in yourself that you will learn because the goal is to have emotional resiliency. So feel your feelings. Once you've felt your feelings and you've let it out and released it, then you can ask yourself, and this is really important, but ask yourself, what's the worst case scenario? Now, if some of you (laughs) are like me, who's really good at dress rehearsing tragedy, (laughs) or a lot of my clients, you may go, it may be this really unrealistic thing that can happen. Okay. And then really check in with yourself. Is that absolutely true? Is that possible? There have been times in my life that I was like, I must sell everything and move to the Philippines because it's over. I've had clients tell me they're going to live down by a river in a van, right? Or you'll never be able to work again, or you'll never find somebody to love, right? We get into these really dramatic states that are probably not necessarily true. They're very good tragedies that were fantastic at dress rehearsing. So ask yourself what the worst case scenario is, the truly worst case scenario. And then at that point, check in. Can you manage this risk? So for example, if the worst case scenario is you may get fired, that's a real risk for a lot of people. It's kind of counter the great resignation that's going on, but that's still a real risk that people can face. And many of you may have faced at one time or another. If you get fired, what is the risk? What is the impact to you and your family, to you, your family, whoever you're responsible for? What are the resources that you have available? Really look at that, manage the risk. Some people may have more resources available and check in with that and then remind yourself what your truth is. Okay. So manage the risk. That is always important. Next is to check in with how much time or space do you have, right? Maybe you have three months of safety reserves so that for rainy day fund, if you lose your job and you know that. So then the question is, do you have tonight while you're going through this obstacle to be able to process and come up with a plan? Or can you give yourself a breather and be 
deliberate about what that space looks like, right? Everybody, depending on your risk level, will also depend on how long of time that you have to be able to give space to figure out how to overcome this obstacle. So now that you know what your risk is, you felt your feelings, you've been able to identify it, you have a, a pretty good understanding of how much space or time you need, or you have to work on figuring out how to overcome this obstacle. Then come back and ask yourself, what do I need? Is it sleep? Because I don't have any brain juice to figure out how to overcome. Is it a break to step away? Is it to move my body? Is it to sit outside with nature? reach out to somebody, support, a place to verbally vomit (laughs) so that you can just say what you need to say and not be judged. I can't tell you how often I have a client that'll be like, Corinne, I'm so grateful that I can just speak and say all these things because you're not trying to fix it. You're not judging me for it. I can get it out and then I can work on (laughs) what to do about it, right? Is that what you need? right? Ask yourself, what do you need? And then the next question is, who can be on your support team or who is on your support team? The way I think about support squads or support teams is because I'm involved in the youth sports world and had four kids growing up, like, you know, we had like the soccer team, the swim team, the softball team, the basketball team, the cross country team, you know, water polo team. We had all these different teams that we were part of. And I think about that in terms of support. What arena am I walking into and who are the people in that arena that I can lean on for support, who I can trust, right? And trust is earned in small moments. And who are these people that I have that I can lean on for support? And so when you can brainstorm that list and let it dump out, right? There's no screening or, oh, they're too busy. I can't ask them that, right? Put it out on paper and brainstorm who these people may be. And sometimes we forget the people that can be on our support teams or really, really want to be on our support teams when we have obstacles in front of us. So brainstorm it, list them and no screening. This is your list. You can shred it. Nobody ever has to know. It's your personal space. And then number seven is go and ask for support, right? And remember, I love this phrase of, I came up with it a long time ago. It's an invitation, not an obligation. You can ask because you ask does not mean that they will give. And maybe sometimes that's the preface that you build that container with them of like, look, this is an ask. It's not a demand. And I don't know what your capacity is. So please, if you don't have the capacity, let me know. And that's okay. I have other people I can reach out to support. You know, there's free support and there's paid support. There's no shame in having paid support. I have, even though I'm a coach, I have my own paid support. There's so much freedom in that, right? Because we already have an agreement in place and I can show up and I can have a space to process. So ask for support with it being an invitation, not an obligation. And 
once you're in that place and you're unpacking and unraveling and then you're figuring out, then you can work on strategizing. And sometimes it's just knowing that you're not the only one. Or if you remember this podcast and realize, oh yes, this is an obstacle. I really don't want it to be happening. (laughs) I wish life would follow my script, but it's not. There is no promised land of no obstacles. And so what am I going to do about it? Who am I going to become? What actions do I need to take? And then from this place, my invitation for you is to put on your Ted Lasso or channel your inner Ted Lasso and believe, believe you will overcome the obstacles. Whether it's you, maybe you have a team that supports you and you walk through it together. Maybe walking through it together is that you know that you have a place to go to, to verbally vomit so that you have the processing ability to stand up and go through it on your own. But that's where I invite you to channel your inner Ted Lasso and believe, 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 believe. Doesn't mean that everything's going to be, you know, living happily ever after in the fairy tale, right? But believing that you can overcome because obstacles can be great teachers. They can teach us what are the steps that we need to take to get the result that we want. And then as you take action, which is step nine, you're taking action, you take action, you learn, you lean in, it's going to be inefficient. It's going to be messy, right? We're just embracing the mess and embracing the suck. And then we check in with ourselves. And this is where you get to play the bit of Marco Polo game. Is this, am I getting warmer? Am I getting colder? You may not have enough data points, or you may not have cultivated a relationship with yourself where there's a whole lot of self-trust. That's okay. We don't need to judge ourselves. Just learn, check in, pay attention, write it down if that helps you and keep taking action. And then at some point, whether it's an hour, three hours, three months, six months, a year, my invitation for you is to reflect what worked well, what could be improved, and what were the key learnings. And that is when you start to realize and you start to reframe obstacles in your brain and in your mindset instead of being problems that shouldn't be happening to becoming, oh, problems, they're obstacles that we overcome and they actually help us with a step-by-step approach. You don't need to see the whole pathway. You don't need to see as there. I love that Martin Luther King quote, just take the first step. You don't need to see the whole staircase, right? We're taking the step of overcoming the obstacle. And there is so much beauty when you get to the other side and who you become, what you understand and your ability to believe in yourself and your resilience in overcoming hard things. So that's my invitation for you. I'm going to go through the steps again right now. So one is when you are faced with an obstacle, stop arguing with it. Two, don't beat yourself up when you have an obstacle or start shitting on yourself. I should have done this or I should have done that. Don't beat yourself up. Three, Lean into the feelings that you notice when you're faced with an obstacle. Lean in and feel it. Four, ask yourself, what's the worst case scenario with this obstacle? 
This is so you can manage your risk. Five, identify how much time or space you have to be able to figure out overcoming the obstacle. You know, is it something that you can sleep on and come back to you tomorrow? Is it something that needs to be addressed right now? Are two examples. Is this something that you can figure out over the next few weeks? So being able to figure out how much time or space you have to work on overcoming the obstacle or coming up with a plan to overcome the obstacle. Number five, ask yourself, what do I need? What do I need right now? What do I need? So that you have the ability to figure it out. You have the brain juice to be able to overcome your obstacle. Number six, who is on your support team? Who can be on your support team? Who is on your support team? Have that list. And here's the thing. If you don't have any obstacles right now in this moment, my invitation for you is to start writing a list of who are people that would be great in the support team. It can be chicken scratch. You can scratch it over, move them to a different column. It's not permanent. (laughs) It's a draft. It's always a rough draft. Number seven, ask for support. Give yourself permission to ask for support and it being an invitation, not an obligation. If they can't support you, maybe their own capacity. It may be they're going through their own struggles, maybe their own knowledge or training. So ask for support without obligating them into supporting you. Number eight, channel your inner Ted Lasso. Believe, believe you will overcome the obstacles. Number nine, go and take action. Take action in overcoming the obstacle, learning from it, moving forward, rising over it. 10, check in with yourself, warmer, colder. It's the Marco Polo. And then 11, reflect what worked well, what can be improved? What are my key learnings? Ask yourself those questions. And that is how you land on the other side of the obstacle. I often think of obstacles as a tunnel. It's dark, it's scary. (laughs) You're like, really? I kind of like it over here. I don't want to go into that tunnel. But then when you come on the other side, it's often so worth it. Oftentimes our obstacles are our teachers. Their opportunities to learn and to grow and to rise and to get stronger. And they are messy and it's sucky to go through them. I understand that. But we can, and I believe in you in this process. I'm smiling big for you. Hey there, before we go, I have a question for you. Have you subscribed to the show yet? This is an awesome opportunity for you to preserve your brain juice. I love the fact that I can subscribe to podcasts and television shows and they go straight to my iPhone or they go straight to my DVR and then I don't have to worry of, oh no, especially with television shows. Did I hit record? Is it going to be there? Or now do I have to watch it on demand and go through all the commercials? So go and hit the subscribe button. There's a link in the show notes and that will ensure you that you never miss a show and you can also save your brain juice for other things in your life. There's way more important things, but you and I will still be connected because the show will be waiting for you in your phone. 
Go to the link in the show notes, subscribe to the show so you can automatically get all the shows to your phone. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide away. Captured